quarter to three games podcast for mid-September 2019. My name is Tom Chick, and my game of the week is not Vanquish. This is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Max Payne 3. And this is Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Alan Wake, because screw Alan Wake. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> oh. Why why do you hate Alan Wake so much? I played that game. Master <laughs> <laughs> that says it all. Fair enough. I understand. Yeah. Oh man. I you know, some people like it a lot and and it's like and, and the excuses are always varied and I understand fine. Some of it was kind of cool, but just like the character was the most irritating character to me. If I wanted to play a game about Dean Koontz, I, I, well, I, I would never want to play a game about Dean Koontz, <laughs> all right? That's all I have to say Dean about it. Koontz, that's amazing. Well, but dude, McMaster, he is not Stephen King. No, he's definitely But not. you have a, you have only a flashlight to defend yourself, McMaster. Come on. And I, I like that idea for the first, like, six hours, and then afterwards I just wanted to... You know, the thing that is, like, in, <laughs> that I will never forget about Atlet Awake is there's this freaking point where I kept dying... Uh, and then Sarah was playing, she kept dying there, where you would come around this corner or something, I don't remember exactly, and these birds would, you know, whatever, and you and you would fall to your death or get killed by them or whatever. But every time after that save point, he'd go around the corner, he'd go, birds! And then, <laughs> like, birds would kill him. So it's like, I, all I can remember is, birds! And then, birds! Birds! <laughs> all right, McMaster, thanks for that trip back to 2010. Uh, wait a minute, what about American Nightmare? That's Isn't the other that... excuse everybody makes. Oh, you should have played American Nightmare. No. It gets so much better. Yeah, that's what I always hear. Oh, it's so much better. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I, I didn't like the first one. so. Yeah, no, it, that, that, that excuse always feels like, uh, oh, congratulations. You picked the wrong game. Yeah, yeah, it's, I know. It's, thanks, bro. It, it, yeah, if a game has to have DLC to make it playable, it's I, I just don't want to play it. You know, and a lot of people will disagree with me, and I'm going to get hate about that. Uh, I don't care. Go read your Dean Coons. Well, we'll always have a uh, Quantum or Quantum. What is that game called that you guys told me about? Quantum. The Quantum Break. Yes, quantum Break. Yes. So fortunately, we have that. But actually, before hold on, I got to get in here before we talk Remedy because we have. A, a lot to say about Remedy, about uh, about Gears of War. But first, I'm the only one on this podcast who's played Astral Chain. So let me just get this out of my system. It's a platinum game, uh, and like a lot of platinum games, you know, for better or worse, it's a very platinum game. But but it's got a really cool combat system, and I want to describe it to you guys to get you excited. And then I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be excited about the game. So in this game, you're like a future cop, right? And you've got a special device that can take a demon, a demon from the astral plane and stick it in armor. And then you use that armor to control it. And you've got five different demons that you control, and each one's on a leash. So you go into combat, and you're basically playing like a sort of a half-assed, like bayonetta light kind of game where you can punch stuff and use your guns. But in addition to doing that... You choose one of the five demons on your leash, and then that guy's running around and fighting with you. And the whole leash mechanic, you can, like, snap it out towards things. You can pull it back. You can wrap the leash around something to, to bind it. You can catch it if it tries to run past you with the leash, like doing a, a like, clotheslining it. Um, it can, like, float around and grab things for you that you can't grab. There's all this, like, Metroidvania interaction with the different levels 
the different areas based on which demon you use. Like there's a there's a dog demon, right? And it can oh, dig stuff up. Yes. Furthermore, dig this. You can ride around on it. How awesome is that? I mean, you know, in, in Red Dead Redemption 2, you get a horse. Pfft, big deal. Everybody's ridden a horse. Right. Have you ever ridden a dog demon encased in armor? No. You, you would have to feel like a cowboy monkey, right? There's no no. There's no monkey shines involved in this, McMaster. Don't bring your monkey shines into this. This is uh, a monkey-free game. I saw a, cow, uh, a little monkey ride a dog at a rodeo once. Well, that's not so, what this okay. is. This is a demon oh, dog, okay. and you're an anime character. You also have oh. your own, like, armor on, but whatever. That's dumb. No you can actually idea. take it off. You can wear, like, a schoolgirl uniform. It's that weird well, Japanese conceit. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course you can, yes. So I love this combat system. You can upgrade your dudes. They've each got a skill tree. They've got a unique power. You can slot them with different abilities so that whichever demon you have out at any given time, it can give you a different, like, play style. All this stuff is great. And furthermore, even the pacing of combat. Like, I love how Platinum does this. When you first start playing Astral Chain, it's just random confusion and wild stuff all over the screen, and you have no idea what you're doing, but the difficulty level's forgiving enough that, hey, whoa, whoa, I, I just won. I just won this battle. Sweet. Now, you might have gotten a C. You know, maybe you didn't get your S+, plus, but you get graded, but still, you won it. Crazy things happened. Maybe you did or didn't make some of them happen. Whatever. It was insane. You fought a battle. After this happens about 10 or 12 times, you start to get a sense for what's going on. And you're like, oh, right, right. And then eventually, you get super interactive with it. And you have a sense for, okay, now I'm going to attack this thing, then I'm going to fall back, and I'm going to send in my demon uh, swordsman, and then I'm going to have him do his drill attack, and then I'm going to come around the other side, and I'm going to pop my leash so that I sling towards the demon and hit the guy in the back of the head. And then if I time the response correctly, then the demon does his like super twirl attack. And all this feels really interactive and really gratifying when you finally master it. So really solid combat system here. Love the concept with the demons on a leash. Here's the problem. They Shenmue the hell out of this game. Oh. You are constantly faffing about doing dumb, like, JRPG, weird anime stuff, like in an anime game, that makes no sense that's getting between you and the next combat. You're constantly sitting through cutscenes and, you know, going past the dialogue that people are saying and it's dumb and there's something about, oh, your twin brother and your dad and, oh, here's this, you've got your friends who look like they're right out of an anime because they are. It's like super Japanese crazy stuff. I'm going to give you an example of what you have to do in this game. This is this, is this game in a nutshell. All right. Downtown, I guess Tokyo, it's not even Tokyo, it's a future dystopia where demons are breaking into the world, and all of humanity is living on one little, like, uh, island. So this island has, like, a Tokyo city. It looks like Times Square, all the neon. Uh, and in the middle of the city, a, a giant, like, monster has appeared out of the astral plane. And quick, you guys got to go fight it. You have to go fight this monster. But before you do, there's side missions you can do at the base. So maybe you need a little bit of extra stuff to fight the monster. So you're going to do some of these side missions. It's a little bit of grinding. So you go down in the garage, and there's a dude down there, and you talk to him. And one line at a time, he tells you, oh, hey, I need your help. Would you bring me a bolt, a nut, a suspension, a radiator, and a spring? Each one of these is its own line. There's a line of dialogue explains that he needs them. And then you're like, okay, I'll do it. 
Even though there's a monster downtown trashing the city, you're gonna do you're gonna get this stuff for this dude. Well, of course. So you accept the quest. So many fetch quests in this game. You accept the quest, and you're gonna go do it. And the guy's like, "Oh, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. I have here the spring and the bolt. I don't need those. All right, thanks." And you're like, "Okay, whatever." And you leave, and you go to the 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 place where you get stuff, the like requisition room, and you start the dialogue. And the lady's like, oh, okay, here are the things I can give you. A bolt, a nut, a spring, a radiator, and a suspension. Which ones did you want? Uh. Now, did you guys pay attention to what he didn't want? I'm going to quiz you both. What are the two things that he didn't want? Does either of you remember? The flangy. He didn't want a flangy, so you're right. But look, guess what, Nick? It's not on the list. So you Damn failed. It. You don't get the XP bonus. You'll still finish the dumb quest. But if you remember that he didn't want the uh, – I wrote it down here – the spring and the bolt, if you forget that, you're not going to get a bonus. If you remember that, you're going to do the quest successfully. You get a little bit of XP. You get this uh, ranking stuff that unlocks cosmetics. And there you go. You did that instead of going to fight the monster downtown. And by the way, when you go downtown to fight the monster, a whole bunch of fetch quests down there on the way as well. You know, the monster's off in the distance trashing stuff. But on the way to it, hey, doing here's a here's a little mini game <laughs> where you can balance boxes using the Nintendo Switch's gyro controls. Oh, you're, I do love that. Yeah, you're balancing the boxes and carrying them somewhere, and then randomly people are running around bumping into you. So, oh, you got to start over. Oh, did you get it in under three minutes? No? All right, we'll keep going until you're done. If you got it under three minutes, you get a little bonus. Hey, you want to try again to get your time under three minutes? No? You want to go fight a monster? Okay, have fun. So there you go. That's Astral Chain, uh, a game I really wanted to like. But really, they got it right with Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2. Those games are about the combat. They know they're about the combat. They don't clog it up with a bunch of junk in the pursuit of world building. And I think that's what's going on in Astral Chain. And I just don't think it works. Um, so there you go. Astral Chain, I, I don't recommend it. Uh, I also, so you play, uh, when the game starts out, you, there's twins. Like they have a mysterious destiny. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that kind of storyline. But there's mysterious what? twin. Yeah, they're orphans. And guess what? Well, I don't want to spoil anything. But so you pick, do you want to be the dude twin or the chick twin? So naturally I, I picked the chick twin. But little did I realize, if you pick, whichever twin you pick... You are now a mute protagonist, and the other twin does all the talking. <laughs> so they they recorded voiceover work for the dude and the chick, but they never let your character talk, and it is so conspicuous that you are a mute protagonist. There's so many times that someone asks you something, and you just don't respond, or maybe you nod, or there's a robot along that talks for you, or, oh, guess what? Your twin is along and talks for you. Uh, I mean, the characters are dumb anyway, so what do I care? But I, I ran into a glitch where I went back to replay the first mission on a harder difficulty level, and it starts you off at the, hey, do you want to be the dude or the chick? And I was like, well, I, I already picked this. Why is it asking me again? Okay, this time I'll pick the dude so I can listen to the chick talking, and she can be the sidekick. So I pick the dude, I play through the mission, I get a better grade, whatever. I bop back out and go to my saved game, and now I've glitched the game where the chick is now my sidekick, but I'm still a girl. So now I'm twin girls, which is awesome because now every time someone talks to me, they're talking to me assuming that one of us is a dude. Like it, I, I think I broke the game and created some gender swap alternate reality, which I'm cool with because the dude was a, a doofus. The two chicks are pretty cool. So I've now got it, – it's like Mothra. There's the two little girls in Mothra, the twins in Mothra. I've got that going on in Astral Chain. So – 
All right, enough astral chain. Um, uh, yes. You know, we we need to unpack your weird current obsession with Mothra for a second there. Where <laughs> the where the hell is this coming from? You're just like that's all you talk about is Mothra. Did you see the last Godzilla movie? That's all you need uh, to know. No, I did not. Well, you should have. Uh, and there's an there's awesome Mothra stuff in it. So no, it inspired okay, well. me to go back and look up the original uh, source material. I mean, he's got you there. Yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. All right. All right, so let's talk about a more uh, a game with more testosterone in it. Something maybe more manly that's not going to have a bunch of little, like, Japanese anime nonsense. Something really Western. Nick, what do you have for us? Ooh. So I have curb stomping. Mm. Oh. I have active reloads. I have beards of woe. You have what? Beards of woe. Are you well, there is a lot of beards. Yeah. Beards of woe. Yes, that yeah. is when that is when a manly man is dealing with his feelings, and so he grows a big beard to show that he is oh. dealing with his feelings. Right. Wow, that's is that's very self-aware on the part of this game. What game that's so self-aware is it that you're playing? This would be Gears 5, not Gears of War 5. Oh, hell no. Gears. No, it's mm, Gears of five. War, or it's just Gears, yeah. Yeah, no more war. It's right. just Gears now. Just Gears. Just Gears. Uh, and this just came out. It is, uh, all right, is it awesome? Yeah. Uh, it is very awesome. It is very awesome. It is, uh, it is quite the sidestep on the Gears of War formula. Um... You've still got the core, you know, crouching, waist-high uh, obstacles and shooting and active reloading and chainsawing and all that stuff. But now you have a semi-open world act two and three in Wait, the game. Wait, what? No, come on. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, there yeah. was no way I wanted to fiddle with this dumb campaign. I started playing, like, the, the campaign, it. did the first couple of missions, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm out. I'm just going to go play Horde mode. I couldn't care yeah. less. All we right, were... Yeah, and we were this. What's going last on? Night. And and he kept going, No, I haven't played Arlene the campaign. I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So you do act one. Uh not a spoiler to say that it's pretty much an extended tutorial. There's some nice little set pieces there, but it's very much the old linear Gears of War experience that you love and remember, right? Like okay. you have your meatheads, you got your guns. You go into a place, you got to get the foozle, uh, and uh, the the bad guys come out and 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 fight you, and you blah 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 story story hugs, you know man manly scowls and whatnot. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Banter. Um, then you hit Act Two, and you go to a icy area of the planet, which by the way I got to tell you, uh, going to a brand new environment on this fictional world is amazing because uh, I think we've all been stuck in wreckage forever that it's nice to get out and see the, uh, it almost looks like the Rockies or something. It's in the uh, splash screen. I actually know it from when you boot up the game. I'm like, Oh look, there's snow and gears of oh, war. Who knew? Oh, there's some kind of ice. Oh yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, if you think of a giant, uh, it, it, it's almost like a, it, it's almost like a racing game. The what? it's a sort of open, air area you get on a uh, kind of a skiff that what? has a big sail on it yeah and you slide <laughs> around and ski all over the place 
Uh, Do you drive it, or just is like yes. a cutscene? No, no, it, you don't drive. You drive around, and and here's the rub. Here's here's the thing, Tom. Here's the thing. You choose where you want to go in this open area, and the open area has points of interest, and some of them, not all, but some, have uh, no guided like start point. Some of them are just like, yeah, here's an area, and here's some bad guys, and you come at them any way you want. It's like, no, that's how Far Cry works. Did you accidentally play Far Cry, a Far Cry game? I mean, it could be Far Cry, except there was a lot more hugging and scowling and manly man <laughs> stuff. Why, oh, wait, how... by the way, I should mention, uh-huh. for the rest of the game, after Act 1, by the way, uh, you are no longer JD. You are instead Kate, the girl. Oh, because yeah. I didn't want to play that douchebag, the, the whole, like Marcus Phoenix's kid. Yeah, like, no, he's a dick. He's a dickbag. He's, you he's don't terrible. have to be him? Oh, no. You don't have to be him. You are the girl for the rest of the game, and it is great. It is great. Yeah, yeah. So you Master, why didn't you tell me any of this? Yeah, you because, do this open you know, area. Yeah. You know exactly why I didn't, because every time I would I would open my mouth last night, you actually save it for the podcast. And so I was like, you know what? All right, I'll save it for the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. but that's why I kept asking. I was like, you sure you didn't play even a little bit? <laughs> Because I yeah. did, I played it, I, and I just assumed it was going to do more of the regular Gears of well, War stuff. And and po- part of the problem too is that the horde mode is quite the draw. So it's not like there's nothing else to do in the game. I just thought it was going to be more of that. So I'm like, oh, I like horde mode. I'll go do that. So so Nick, yes, what were you going to say? Now Tom, mm-hmm. I know how you like to collect things. Uh oh. And I know how you like to make numbers go up on a skill tree. I love upgrading stuff. Yeah. Guess what? Oh, no, you come on. That's not, not in a Gears of War game. There's nothing. No, what? What are you going to try to tell me now? You collect little widgets, which then improve your skill tree. There's no skill tree. Gears of War has never and will never have a skill tree. What are you talking about? They shoehorned one in. Here's All right, how it works. name three things that are on the skill tree. I'm going to prove that you're tricking me. You can't quickly name three things that the skill tree does or unlocks. Go. Go. Uh, uh, a cloak. Uh, oh. Improved regener- health regeneration and a uh, an arc ability that allows you to freeze your enemies. McVaster, you know how I know he's not lying? Because all that stuff is like in the horde mode, and I could see them building yep. it into a skill tree. Yeah. yeah so the way they shoehorned it in is you don't improve your particular skills. You improve Jack's skills, who's that little floaty robot. That's oh, I know the robot. I know, I know Jack. Yeah. I know Jack, Nick Diamond. You bet. So in the game... Those are your special abilities. You tell Jack to do stuff in the middle of combat, and he goes and does it. So it's it's yeah. all that's like your little superpower. Hey Jack, go zap those dudes. Hey Jack, go pick up that gun and bring it back to me. Hey like, Jack, hey Jack, go cloak me like that yep. kind of thing. Well, he doesn't yeah, cloak, yeah. but he can give you more shields. Oh yeah, and heal and that kind of thing. Yeah, and it since you played in horde mode and you're familiar with it, yes, in co-op you can be Jack. Well, yeah, I know that's. So that that Nick was one of the things I really like about this new horde mode. So you couldn't be Jack in four, right, McMaster? No. No. Yeah. So I I love the support role of that robot and how substantially different it feels while you're playing. Like I like Gears of War and I I like especially the horde mode. I love the movement. I love the gunplay. But it feels dramatically different flying around at this robot and playing a support role and bringing back weapons and healing people and like scouting. And if there's a, a sniper across the map running over there to help people deal with him. I just love how different Jack feels 
in horde mode. I love that they've put him in there. Yeah, uh, it's really, terrific. And here's fair, the thing. Four, I mean, he, they had classes in 4 as well. That's they true. did have the support. They did right, have but that, Jack, yeah. like, breaks the whole flow of a map. Like, Jack just moves around differently than anyone else, which is one oh, of the yeah, things yeah, I yeah. really like. Yeah. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's an interesting design. Yeah, and then, so the way the developers typify it, or classify Jack is they're like, oh, if you want to play Jack in co-op or horde or whatever, this is, you know, quote, the newbie character or the newbie beginner. Hey, right? hey, I resent that. Which, which which they say, that's what they say. But here's the thing. I think playing Jack is awesome. As someone who's played all the Gears games, playing Jack is amazing. Like, it's really great to play Jack. It feels good. It's smooth. And you're right. It's cool to use your superpowers to help the rest of your team. Yeah, and and also picking up just picking up money and energy, like giving it to people, like because because creatures will drop the money on the the field, and you have to run around and collect it, and you've got a limited amount of time. But if you've got a jack on your team, and especially a generous altruistic one like me, he'll just run around and pick up the money and then give it to you, McMaster. Go ahead. I need you to back me up on this. I must have given you like thousands of energy yesterday, correct? Uh, well, you gave someone thousands of energy. <laughs> but once I figured out which one was you, though, <laughs> then I started giving it all to you. Right. I, but I was. I honestly didn't notice. But yes. Uh... Oh, okay. Well, in that case, McMaster, let me just tell you: a lot of the stuff you could afford to buy, you could afford to buy because I gave you my money. Also, I had nothing fun to buy myself, so what was I going to do with it? Oh, I'm, no, I, I believe you. He so. gave you money, McMaster, so he technically owned you. The, McMaster, you basically were working for me. That, those were your wages. Uh, right. So, yeah, basically Jack is is in command, He's and the then you, you work underneath him. Exactly. He's your droid overlord. So I'm going to need you to run around and build stuff for me, McMaster. I'll be like the foreman. I'll just watch you and direct you as you build it. All right, that seems fair. <laughs> so, uh, have you fiddled with the horde mode much, Nick? I have fiddled with the horde mode. The horde is good. Um, like I said, the the last Gears of War, they introduced classes, which was yeah. kind of their attempt to do a, a new wrinkle on horde mode. Um, in this one, they stripped it back and went back to, you know, just normal dudes. There's some powers and stuff you can get, but it's not squarely classes. Um, definitely Jack plays very differently. But I'll tell you what, the mode I'm loving right now is Escape. Wait, hold yeah, that thought about cool. the Escape, because McMaster showed me that how cool this was. I had no idea. But um, we had a problem, because McMaster and I played through all 50 levels. And, and actually, yeah. I, I think this is a bit of an issue, is that their Horde mode has some kind of built-in tedium, I, I, I feel. Like, sitting down to play Horde mode for 50 levels, I don't think is... Uh, like, I don't think of horde mode as something that you want to sit down and do for three hours. Uh, and that's kind of like how they build it up in, in the game, is the early, easier levels. You earn the money. You set up your defenses. To get through the harder, more difficult levels, you need to have those early levels of building up. So basically, yeah, you got to play all 50 levels. Um, but we had a problem, Nick, in that when we played yesterday, some of the players dropped out. So we didn't have anyone, as near as we could tell, who could build turrets or upgrade our gates. Like, is that related to classes or to certain character skins? Or do you know what's going on there? Uh, so, like I said, it's not it's not that there's specific classes, but there are, oh boy, there are uh, little card things that you unlock, little powers. 
Um, Which I love those, by the way. I love those in Tomb Raider. I love them here. But yeah, they're, they're, yeah. those are specific to each character, though, aren't they? Yeah, they seem to be. They seem to be like a, a specific. And and if you're, that's and this is this is my only complaint about it is you, you have weird crap already in it where they did like, uh, you know, cross promotional things. So you've got like, oh boy, uh, you've got like the Terminator and. Yeah people from halo in there and it just i don't know it looks ridiculous <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah if nobody is let's say the terminator then you don't get this one you know kind of line of abilities right so that's what that's what the situation we were in is the guys who could build right. turrets one of them built a couple of them then he left like he bailed yeah and the ai filled in for him which is fine but the ai won't do any building in in horde mode unfortunately um, all right, so what's this escape thing? Because McMaster showed it to me, uh, and he set the difficulty too high, so we didn't get very far. Oh God! Oh, oh, was well, was it McMaster <laughs> that set that difficulty too far? Is that Let's just say is? someone, someone got a little Some, bit cocky and thought, yeah, I'm gonna get more XP by cranking up the difficulty. I'm gonna level up yeah. faster. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah we we we've been playing games for a long time. We're we're professionals, right? So we can do this. We got yeah. halfway. We had the halfway point. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can do this. I can make this work. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so, Nick, what do you like about this? Because this also is something that I don't think I fully appreciated without having McMaster explaining to me as we were playing what was going on. Yeah, so basically it's um, it's a gauntlet run. Um, you start at one end of a level, um, and the as you run through the level, of course, enemies are coming out of everywhere and popping out at you. Um, it's... Uh, and there is a poisonous gas that chases you mm. uh, as it fills up, so it's timed. Um, and then you just basically have to run your way to the end um, and fight through a gigantic fight at the end to get to the you know escape point to the helicopter. It's basically, and here's the thing that I like about it, it's this is for people who want to do that co-op-y stuff in horde mode, but without the building... And I don't want to do it for five hours straight. Mm, okay, for me basically, but but I do yeah. want I do like the building. But okay, that yeah, it did definitely. The only thing I do miss is the building. But yeah. yeah, but but this is a mode where you can do co-op, and you don't have to commit to a giant chunk of time. Now I also think it is the only way to play Gears of Gears Five that doesn't have bot support. Am I correct about that? That is true, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, you say unfortunately, Nick, but it's amazing. Every mode in Versus, in Horde mode, you can play with bots. Like, I love how thorough the bot support is, which is why it's, the fact that it's missing in Escape is conspicuous. But I can hardly fault them for that, given every... I could level up a multiplayer character in Gears 5 and never go online. Never right. play another player. I could just play against bots, and it's just as gratifying, and I'm fine with that. I could play the King of the Hill or whatever different modes are in there. All of that supports bot play. So the fact that it's missing from Escape, yeah, okay, I guess I'm okay with that. Well, the, the where it does matter is if you're one of the people that wants to dip into the ability to create your own escape levels, which uh, Gears 5 does offer. It's got like that, it's almost like the snap map type thing that Doom 2016 did. Right. Right, so you can make your own level. Oh. Uh, at the end of this, uh, here's where it gets bad. It's, all right, you've made your level. For you to publish it and upload it for everyone else to use, 
you have to now play the level and get through it. I'm okay. What? Yeah, you've got to you've got to test By your yourself. work. No, no, I need McMaster to join me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. There's no bots, so <laughs> you've got to beat it yourself, solitaire to publish it. <laughs> if you if you're by yourself, uh, good luck. Good wow, luck wow. Getting through your hard ass level that you made <laughs> on your own. <laughs> oh yeah, Mario Maker style. <laughs> uh, are any of the new any of the weapon things new? Is there anything is that that cryo yeah. frost stuff that that's is that from um, four or what? What's new here? There's there's the lancer grenade launcher, which yeah. is super ludicrously irritatingly powerful sometimes in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, then there's yeah, there's the cryo. What about that drop shot thing? That uh, drop uh, shots from no, four. It's always, that's been there, yeah, for a little uh, bit. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, at the, least. Four. I remember it there. Uh, what was it? There was the the buzz saw thing was in four, but it was different. Yeah, and yeah. Now it's now it's way op. Like that yeah. thing just. Oh, the buzz saw is. Bad ah. Yeah. I did get it once in horde mode and was a little surprised at how quickly a boss went down. I was like, oh, oh yeah. okay, that, that guy was a pushover, but it was probably the buzz song. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. Oh, mm-hmm. I I should mention this. Mm-hmm. So in the icy level, the the whole big icy level, one of the great mechanics is yeah, shoot at their feet and sink them in the water. <gasps> Why oh, has yeah, another? No. Yeah. How come another game has never done that before? Uh, it's so good. It's so good because I, I I can't tell you how many times you see, you'll get into an encounter. There's a giant boss and he's got a shield. And he's got the rocket launcher thing, and he's he's impossibly close to you, and you're like, what the f? How am I supposed? Oh, shoot at his feet. Actually, to be fair, I think I, I think there was like a World War II RTS that did that, where the ice could break under the tank or something. But yeah, that's it's about time that a game did that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, what's even better? Is, uh, I you don't probably don't play much versus, right, Nick? I, uh, I do. I do actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Have you played that map? The Arctic yes. map that you can shoot under other players' feet and make them fall. Yep, yep. And <laughs> That's the best. Them. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. so good. Now, McMaster, you had an issue with versus. I'd be curious uh, what Nick thinks of that. What's your issue with the versus mode, McMaster? Oh, well, okay. There's a couple of different... It depends on the type. But the arcade one, uh, the real issue, I think, there is the sniper rifle. Because there's a couple of characters there that don't have flinch. So if they're aiming, what that means to people right. who aren't like <laughs> me is that uh, when you get shot while you're aiming down the sight, it, it makes you, you know, kind of lose it, whatever, for a second. Uh, it, it does not happen uh, to those characters. So, uh, and the sniper rifle is kind of like impossible to use, or, or not impossible to use. It's like easy to use, but uh, it's impossible, more impossible with a controller. So now everybody in the game is mixed with like between mouse and keyboard users yep. and controller users. Yep. And so uh, it's and just I don't like think, I mean that's I don't know who ever thought that a mouse that a game like to me it, it, that should be part of your game design. Will people be playing it with a gamepad or with a mouse and keyboard, especially with multiplayer? Yeah. Yeah. One of the yeah one of the if you are if you're a long time. Uh, Gears player. One of the things is that, yeah, arcade mode uh, is different from the multiplayer you would know in that a bunch, they've tweaked a bunch of stuff, like a, a bunch of background stuff. So you've got 
you know, the shotguns and the crouching and the, and the, you know, roadie running or whatever they call it. And, you know, the, it's all the normal stuff that you would expect, except they've tweaked all the numbers in the backside so that, for example, if you think you're going to get through arcade multiplayer with the shotgun, you're wrong now. (laughs) Why? Because they've tweaked it so that the shotgun is no longer the king of the battlefield. In in all previous gears, all experienced gears players will tell you, it goes. The, 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 it's the shotgun. Just use the. All you have to do is roll, tuck and roll around the map, ah. flick back and forth between the wall cover. Right I there was something that. called right there was wall juking where you just oh, basically yeah. shift bap 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 right. And you just run up on people and just shotgun them straight in the face. Bam, 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 right? That was the winning strategy. Yeah. In arcade mode, you ain't doing that. <laughs> You're going to die. So they've nerfed basically what was a, a, an abusive tactic, right? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like rocket jumping in Quake, right? It wasn't really intended, but then everybody used it, and it became a mechanic, and then all other Quakes had to have it. So it's... It's sort of that where they didn't intend that. They wanted you to use the Lancer and crouch and, you know, fight kind of carefully across the battlefield. Um, But that, you know, didn't happen when everybody figured out the shotgun was the key to victory. (laughs) So Gears 5 fixed it, though, it sounds like what you're saying. In arcade mode. In arcade mode, right. Which, Which arcade mode is probably the one most people will click on because it's the first option and it I mean, it sounds like that's what you want, right? Or, oh, arcade mode. Oh, it's yeah, r- quick, easy matchmaking. Yeah. Oh, ranked okay. is a lot more daunting sounding. Yes, yeah. ranked is definitely old school. If you go into ranked yeah. and you that's try to fine. use the Lancer, you're going to be staring at the, the, the red cog screen over and over again. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. Ranked is literally you start with a Lancer. Everybody starts with a Lancer or Nasher, and the Nasher is just, you know. Yeah, it's everybody against, immediately you know. flicks to the Nasher, and that's it. <laughs> you, ha- I mean, you have like a chance with mouse and keyboard to like kind of get people if you're real good at headshots, but that's about it. Really. You still have to go. I mean, last or, you or mentioned something distance. that I'm sure has occurred to most people, well, a lot of people who play this. But you were talking about the the characters who don't have flinch. You could like tape a little piece of paper oh, yeah. on that's your on famous, your yeah. monitor. Right. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's even monitors that will put crosshairs on it for you, I think. There's a few. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty hilarious. I mean, it's like such a dick move, but it is pretty funny. Uh, so I don't know how to feel about that. And the best part is is that it wouldn't show up on, like, you know, stream recording or anything because it's literally on the monitor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you would look totally like a badass. Well, you no, know, Everybody knows I don't have that going on because I'm not good with the damn sniper rifle in that game. All right. All right. Uh, Gears 5, not of war, just regular Gears 5. I still, I'm still a little skeptical. I, I, I think maybe you guys got together before the recording and said, let's, let's trick Tom about there being like a, a sailing skiff and a skill tree in an open world. Uh, you no, guys did that j- just so that I would play Gears 5 and I'd be playing and playing and playing and waiting for this to happen and it never happens and suddenly I'm at the end and I now played a Gears of War campaign. Oh, yeah, no, no. If I was going to try to entice you to do that, I would have used different, you know, I would say it's a roguelike. I would say uh, I would say there's a card game in it, like right. a literal card game. You right. know, that kind of thing is like, that's that's Tom Chick. 
they right they dropped the uh, they dropped the Gears of War lore and they just uh, copy pasted <laughs> in Guild Wars lore. <gasps> right, right, yeah. There's a there's a Sarah Palin model. Oh, yeah. Right, that you can unlock, but you have to get through oh, the campaign yeah. first. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to play it twice. <laughs> you know, the main character does sort of resemble a young Sarah Palin. Uh, yeah. Well, that you know, that's just that's just gravy. I'm in it for this sailing skiff thing that you're that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so, he's yeah. like a Christopher Cross fan. He just wants to sail, and you know. Oh. Uh, I have a quiz for you guys. What what's the name of this planet that they're on? Uh, uh Earth Two. I don't know <laughs> that place. Is uh, it actually Earth? Maybe it's no. not even a foreign planet. No, they've no they've they've said it's it's a. It's not Earth, even though you know everything you look at just looks like Earth. But well, it's Earth architecture, sure. Okay. Right. Yeah. And Neither of you knows the name of the Gears of War planet. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The the lore is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the lore right. is terrible. Look, I I, I got to tell you, look, having finished the game, there. If you're a if you're a Gears of War lore person, all a dozen of you out there, man, I I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, what? Why? They'll they'll be mad or sad or disappointed? Uh, there is a, I don't even. There's a ridiculous retcon. It's oh, ridiculous. I love that. That's hilarious. Oh, it's I'm curious. Super ridiculous. I'm gonna. I haven't gotten that far yet. I guess I'm, I'm curious now, so I'll have to do that. We'll, we'll play. We'll play the campaign. Uh, co-op. You can be the robot. No, Sweet. I love the being robot. the robot. Yeah. Just remember, I'm, I have authority. You have to do the stuff I tell you to do as the robot. Yeah, that's how that works. He <laughs> <laughs> gives you money. You have to that's, obey. Right, oh, exactly. Oh, oh, right. I forgot. Oh, the classic. Yeah, the Don't classic. Don't make me dock your wages, McMaster. I would hate that. All right, so, uh, McMaster, what do you have to say for yourself uh, in that you're playing a game that I can't get on Steam? <laughs> Uh, well, um, I'm playing a, a little number by the company Remedy, mm-hmm. which we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast of, uh, Max Payne fame. And Alan Wake. Don't forget Alan Wake. We all love Alan yes, Wake. Yes, Alan Wake. And, uh, Quantum Break, which was half game, half television show. I understand. I didn't play it. Starring um, Ellen Page. No. No? Okay. It's something different. All right. Was I close? Yeah. I mean, did you ever watch Lost? <laughs> did I ever watch Lost? Yes. Okay, Charlie, the dude Charlie is the Dominic guy. Monaghan. Yeah, yeah. Ew. He's the Nobody likes him. He's the Hobbit I guy. I liked Charlie. No, you didn't <laughs> like Charlie. What was the name of Charlie's band? Oh, oh God, it's um. I remember the song Swerve Driver or something like that. <laughs> uh, it was uh. I- I think it was camshaft, wasn't it, or something like camshaft? Drive, drive, drive shaft. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And his songs were like "You All, Everybody." I remember that because that that was that was a that was a theme. All right, so no Ellen Page. I was wrong about that. I haven't I haven't kept up on my remedy. I have to say. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're thinking of that quantum realms game. Where are Quantic Dreams is the confusion. Quantic we, Dreams. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so Remedy, yeah, so if I'm not caught up with Remedy, why would I care about this control game? Because uh, it's pretty good. That's, mm, uh... All right, let me make a note of that. That'll, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll move it right up the list. Yeah, I know, I know it will. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. That, that's one of the box quotes. 
<laughs> it's it's, uh, it's uh, pretty good. So what makes it pretty good? So it's obviously just a lot of running around, doing adventure stuff. Maybe you have to wrap your character in Christmas bulbs to fend off the darkness. Uh, it's probably puzzles, right? Well, no. Most of the puzzles are very violent in this game. Um, it, it's really a kind of a return, honestly, to me, to Max Payne more than any of the other games. Uh, I didn't play Quantum Break. I, I don't know what it's like. I don't uh, think anyone but... did, McMaster. I think that's kind of, yeah. Oh, I've heard a couple of people say it was it was okay, just other than the TV stuff. Um, but this is um, more of a return to form. It, the, you play a character who, and this is just how the game begins, uh, who's looking for her brother, who was taken by a paranormal agency uh, control controlled by the United States called the Bureau of Control. Federal Bureau of Control. Right. FTC. Sure, of course. Right. Yeah. And uh, you go to their headquarters, which you finally find, thanks to this thing that lives inside of you. Uh, and it's called the she oldest... She has a name, McMaster. Uh, I can't remember what it is. Like Phoenix. Polaris. Or... Polaris. Right, right, right. <laughs> so... <sighs> so then you go in, and uh, you... Uh, long story short, you become part of the Bureau. You become the director of it. And it's quite the promotion. Have... It's fast-tracking your career. That is there. how that works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Like, uh, yeah, I met two people here. Now I run the place. But uh, the uh, <laughs> and then from there, it, it becomes a somewhat of a, an action game uh, that's pretty cool because it folds in all these uh, different kind of uh, psychic powers that your character can use. So Nick, you fiddled with this as well. Would you concur that it's quote pretty good? Uh, the action stuff is great. Um, the uh, the uh, I, well, I'm gonna be fair and say that the story so far, I'm about uh, three hours in, is uh, inscrutably remedy. Oh yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like and, it's uh, like bad shit for, for and stuff. and let's be clear. No matter what they say about you being in charge of the bureau, uh, let's be real. Ati the janitor is the guy in charge. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> like, you know, it's like you, you walk in the place and you go, oh, yeah, I'm sure I'll never see this guy again. You know, I mean, like, and, it's, it's and then you wind up doing a thousand quests for him. Um, I do like that character. Okay, so I, let me go ahead and tip my hand here. Uh, I finished this game and I adore it. I think this is uh, oh, easily a... Remedy's masterpiece. And ah, nice. Th this thing is fantastic. And you actually don't do a lot of quests for Ati. Ati, of course, figures into the story. Um, yeah. I, I want to mention uh, there's a there's a TV series from New Zealand that I don't think did very well. Nobody watched it. It's called The Kettering Incident. Uh, and it's kind of an X-Files mystery slash horror thing. Uh, and it's really fascinating to watch. There's only one season, however, and by the time this season is done, there's a lot that's unresolved. And a lot of stuff that you watched and thought, wow, that's crazy, I can't wait to find out the solution to that, that you will never find a solution to. Oh, yeah. However, I feel that the basic concept of Kettering Incident did get answered by the time it's over. So all that other weird stuff that you might have felt, ah, weird for weird's sake, you're correct, that was in there, it's not resolved, but it adds to the overall tone of the game. And while I'm not super happy about the resolution of control, I don't mind that... 
I, I think that the tone throughout and the creepiness uh, and the little snippets, the, the things that are implied, I think oh, yeah. those more than make up for the fact that it has a very weird and for many people unsatisfying uh, ending. Um, but I, I do think one of one of the strengths of the game is I cared about where it was going. I cared about what what are these things that she's not telling us because you hear you hear an internal monologue yeah. of the main character, but she's not. And this is kind of this is clear early on. She's not talking to you. She talks in second person, but it's not a yeah. meta. Oh, I'm talking to the player thing. Um, right. So she's talking to someone, and they already know the things between themselves that they don't necessarily share with you, the player. So when she meets a character, and she says to the character uh, something, and then she thinks to herself, "I'm not going to tell this woman everything yet." We, the audience, are going, wait, wait, what are you not going to tell her? I, well, I don't know. To tell me. Uh, so there, there's just – I think the game is really effective at laying out mysterious bits and pieces that make you care. Um, and that coupled with I, – I, the gun, so Remedy is – their whole gunplay thing with Max Payne. And McMaster, you're absolutely <laughs> right. This goes oh, yeah. back – this this goes back to what they did so well in Max Payne, but I think kind of screwed up in Max Payne because you had to sit through a lot of cut scenes, and Max Payne just had a lot of weird – their take on like noir detective fiction uh, padding between the shooting. Uh, here, the quote-unquote padding between the shooting is a really impressive location. Uh, the technology that makes this oldest house, this FBC headquarters uh, – I don't even know what engine it is, but it looks amazing. And more importantly, oh, yeah. it is the fulfillment of, I think, what we all want in a shooter. And that is an environment that responds. That when you shoot something, when your gun is firing like crazy, or more importantly, when you're doing like psychic blasts, stuff gets mm -hmm. broken and trashed oh, yeah. and littered everywhere. Like the Paper environment responds. Yeah. yeah, the environment responds to the destruction because that's something that I think has eluded a lot of shooters. They can maybe have like a damage texture or maybe like a brief uh, effect of papers in the air. But but I think what Remedy has done with this setting uh, is really create an environment that responds to the destruction that me and the other monsters are, are creating. And it's just – it's so gratifying. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's one of the – it's like I've streamed a lot of my play of Control, so it's like one of the things in my stream where I'll go around and the first time I discovered that you could just tear up a bathroom, because I'm super paranoid about bathrooms in horror games, because there's always something hiding in like a bathroom stall or something. So I ran up and I just reflexively hit the uh, you know uh, melee attack, and it just like blew the bathroom stall apart. So every time I go into one of those places, I just like destroy the whole bathroom. You're reenacting the scene from Punch Drunk Love. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> um, but, so, go go ahead. No, no, but, but that it and I, I do. I love the action in that game. And then, as it unfolds, you get more and more stuff that you can do that makes it kind of feel kind of different as you go through the house. And it makes even backtracking through the house more interesting. I, I find it a pleasure to navigate this this place because it does – I mean you can call up a map, but you eventually realize that they're putting – it represents an office building, right? And so the office building yeah. is labeled presumably to help like visitors move through it. So there's signs everywhere, and eventually you start to learn your way around 
And the game will judiciously spawn monsters for you to have battles in some of these areas. Uh, even yeah. after you've supposedly cleared it out, you never quite clear it out. Um, but traversing back and forth through this, this creepy office building is, is a real joy, mm -hmm. I, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. And they get a lot of mileage out. Like if I just say, hey, you're going to play a video game in an office building. When I heard that, I was like, oh, God, really? But because uh -huh. it's like – it's basically a freaky extra-dimensional haunted house. And all yeah. of those weird dream scenes that Remedy did in Max Payne games, they now do turned up to 11. And they have the oh, perfect yes. place to play with it. This extra-dimensional shifting malevolent <laughs> office building that is hidden as something mundane uh, is really a, a fantastic playground for them to you do know. some fun, tricky stuff. And it's like with that with this game, and it's like I don't want to give too much away because there's too many fantastic things in it. But like just to mention a couple, like uh, the hotel, which I'm sure I don't know how I don't remember how far that was in uh, to the game. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a motel, McMaster. But yes, mo the yep. motel, yeah. Ocean View Motel. Yep, Ocean View. Yeah, it's very it's very fascinating. It's different, and just the different. I love reading the little files about the the um, different haunted items and possessed items and otherworldly objects and stuff like that it, it reminds me of secret world in a way uh and yes. there's a bunch oh, of lore yeah. in here that you can read if you want to and while i don't think it's as well written as secret world it's certainly intriguing and that that ocean view motel clearly secret oh, world no. has this idea of you know the creepy motel like that was a that was a set piece in secret world and I, oh. I think Remedy gets all of these like horror tropes and they build them into the game in really cool ways. Think about um, think about Vampire. Vampire had the haunted hotel too, or hotel. Ah, uh, right. That, yeah. Why know, do we so... have that? Is do we have that because of the Shining? Where does that come from? That's a good question. I think it's just a creepy building, but yeah, I would think the Shining's probably a huge kind of effect. Yeah, on the that. overlook. Yeah. There's also mm -hmm. sense a sense too that nobody actually lives in a motel or yeah. a hotel that it's a transitional place that's abandoned unless people are passing through yeah yeah okay uh, i have to no. talk about so in control as with you know all all remedy games mm -hmm. there are tvs that play <laughs> shows right mm -hmm. so in the past i've always thought yeah these are cute and amusing or whatever but they didn't really fit what was going on the rest of the game. So, right. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Like, you would come across them. It was amusing. You'd watch them because, hey, why not? They're silly and weird. And, you know, they got the soap opera-y stuff going on. Um, but it always felt like, yeah, this is a joke between me and the yeah. developer, right? Yeah. I feel like this is the first time where the little sh TV things that are going on in the game absolutely make me feel like yes this is appropriate for what i am experiencing right uh, now what the threshold kids yes <laughs> i only saw one of those the puppet show are there more of them oh yeah oh, yeah. oh man to be honest it. with you uh it seems like they're in out of the way places because i've only seen two of them i think and the second one i saw was after I kind of went someplace that was obviously not the way to go, I yeah. think, at the time. I, I, which it lets you do, by the way. I mean, the, the game is oh, yeah. super open to exploration, which is one of the things I really like about it. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the best way to... That's how you find some of my favorite case files, with all the redacted bits. I mean, that stuff is so awesome. I, I love I love it. And 
yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to spoil too much because yeah, so do you guys areas. know who who the scientist is? So a lot of the films are instructional or uh, videos documenting that didn't look experiments. Super familiar. He's Alan yes. Wake. His name is is Matthew Peretta, and he's the guy they used oh, for Alan Wake. Uh, <laughs> and then of course, what's his name? Uh, God, the the writer at the studio is the smoking Sam Lake. guy that makes. Yeah, Sam Lake is Max Payne. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, is he in? Is he in control? I haven't. I don't recall seeing him. He might be, and I just didn't know it was him. Yeah, yeah. He there's the. Did you ever watch the little? You know, it doesn't really make you though. There's those little videos that you can watch with, where you talk to the the whatever the old director Trench. via the phone. Right. Yeah, Trench, and I'm pretty sure that's Sam Lake. Okay, that makes it's sense. It's just that he's he's blurry. He's smoking the whole time. He like he's doing the voiceover, the Max Payne voice kind of. So it's like <laughs> it's like, hey, Max Payne runs this place. Interesting. <laughs> you know? uh, I my concern about it, and this is uh, so I you know you finish the storyline and there's still a lot to do. It's very much. I remember asking you, McMaster, when you were telling me about it, is it open world? And it's kind of not because. It, it is confined to this setting, but this setting is weird yeah. and varied and trippy enough that I think you can kind of call it open world in that you finish the storyline and there's still a bunch to do and a bunch to explore and I've still got a bunch of quests I can go back and do. So in that regard, it feels very much like an open world game. Uh, it reminds me of uh, a lot. The overall structure reminds me of Prey. Um, oh, yeah. No, but I'm with you there. Yeah. I think it has a similar problem to Prey, which I'm going to go ahead and, and coin this as the shotgun problem. And that is a game – that is a problem that a game – Too much stuff. Well, a game gives you really cool ways to resolve combats. And Jesse in uh, Control, she's got these telekinetic powers yeah. and she's got weapons. She's got like a magical weapon that can morph through different forms. But what they do is both of those are on a recharge timer. So the idea is you're using your gun, and then it's out of ammo, and you're not tracking ammo, which thank you, Remedy. It's really like ammo <laughs> automatically over time regenerates. You never have to worry about, yeah. oh, I don't have no sniper rounds. That's not how they control the variety. They just make your ammo run out, and then it has to regenerate. In the meantime, you've got this throw power, which is super like this is what the Dark Knight game – like this is what a Jedi would be like. Like yes. grabbing stuff oh, and yeah. hitting people. It really feels gratifying. It's so Super good. Super satisfying. Yeah. But that also – and it so play, plays so well into the physics system too. Uh, but that also is on a cooldown timer as you run out of energy for that. So I think the idea is you want to use both of them so that – or one of them and then use the other one while the other one recharges. They're basically forcing you to not just use a gun. However, there is not a single – I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's not entirely true. Almost the entire game, I could just uh, – the most effective solution was to just take – they call it a uh, – a scatter gun, I forget what it's called, but it's basically the shotgun. Uh, the most yeah. effective solution, take the shotgun, put the mods in for either extra damage or uh, extra pellets. Uh, there's a mod eventually that makes it do damage to armor, which is what generally the kinetic powers are supposed to do. Uh, load up on that shotgun, and it solves every problem, which... On one hand, yeah, great, it's a super powerful, effective weapon, but on the other hand, I think it undermines their overall system, uh, and I felt the same way about Prey. Um, well, I mean, to me, I don't use a shotgun. I use uh, I use the sniper one and plus the uh, telekinetic powers 
Sure. Investor, when there. the game pushes back at you, and it will, there's some really difficult fights here. Uh, oh, um, no, I have. Yeah, then just load up on the shotgun, and I, I defy you to the – because the thing is, too, your health. It regenerates your health by when you kill something. The thing yeah. drops little blue sparkly <clears throat> points. And it's right next to you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, no, it's not right next to you. It's near what you killed. Whatever so you if right. you are killing Plenty something with shot. a sniper rifle and you're getting pinged back, you're not getting healed. If you kill something with a shotgun, you were close enough to drink uh, up immediately all that healing. So just running around using – she's also got a really super cool like dash ability. Uh, oh, yeah. You just run around using the dash and the shotgun and it's healing you. I just feel like that solves too many problems. Um, and I, I just I, – it's a really cool system and I wish that the shotgun didn't undermine it. Uh, you know, I'll say this about the game too. I, I love how you get your powers. It's it's one of the coolest parts of the game to me. The way that like you that. get diff- like how you get the different powers you get. Yeah, they, well, they're, they're, yeah, and there are also a lot of optional things in that regard as well. Like right, they're kind of like optional bosses, and they'll unlock cool things, and some of them are powers. And it does a weird. I'm not sure how I feel about this. There are places that you can't reach or challenges that you can't solve until you get a power that you didn't know existed in the game. So yeah. I yeah. I found myself in a situation where I was sure that, okay, God, do I have to reach that ledge or do I just have to time the jump better? When eventually a power can – and this is the sort of thing. I was so frustrated that it's I Googled the solution. The Right. I mean, and eventually realized, oh, I'm, something is going to happen later that's going to make this trivially easy. This is the game's way of telling me you can't have this yet. And I wish the game had been more explicit about that. that sure. I wish the game had been more explicit that that might happen. Because I had no clue by the time I got to this point, which was many, many hours into the game, that it was going to yeah. show me something that I couldn't get until later on. Uh, which is a little yeah, weird. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. Uh, and, and that also, in a way... It goes back to what I was saying about the like going back through areas. Mm-hmm. You know, it has it has the kind of that Metroidvania kind of thing where you can't, you certainly can't reach certain places or get right. through to certain places until you have those powers. Right. Um, right. And yeah, but a house is so cool though, and they have so many places to put things because it's you know it defies all logic that kind of thing. Uh, I, I love when you get to a room that's been possessed and, and you cleanse it and all the, the house kind of sinks back into a more normal-looking form. You know, it's, it's Oh, there's pretty... so, I guess neither of you has been to the ashtray maze yet, have you? No. Okay, that, that, that would be easily one of my favorite gameplay sequences this year. Uh, and it, it just is getting at what McMaster's talking about. Like, they're, this is just the freaky, trippy stuff they they made Max Payne have fever dreams just so they could do this shoehorn it into a Max Payne game. But here it fits so thematically, and they just do this really cool thing with a trippy element of their geometry and a, a couple of musical cues, which is, is near the end of the game, and it's just so gratifying. I mean, you find the place earlier, but it's another one of those things, too, where you might not realize this, but you can't do anything there until something happens later in the game. So if you yeah. find the ashtray maze, you're going to have no idea what you're supposed to do, and that's because you're not supposed to do anything there yet. Don't bang your head against it for a while. But uh, eventually that becomes a real... Just, that's basically where I fell in. That's where I decided I don't care what the ending is like. If the game had just stopped here, I would be so completely gratified. And, uh, and, and that's kind of how I've been feeling about it, too, because I don't... I'm. I think I know where this is going. I might, I might not, but it, it's, 
you know, whatever. It's never going to live up to the experience I've gotten so far out of it, so it doesn't matter either way. Right, right. Um, um, Ingrassi, I have a really important question for you. Can you uh, loan me either uh, – I actually need one astral blip and one house memory. Can you loan yeah. me those? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> just need I have one. a handful of house memories, I'll tell you. No, um, I need, well, I need you to give me those. I, I just need one okay. more. Sure, yeah, yeah, you can have them, yeah. So when we play online, can you drop it so that I can pick it up? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my god! I, I do kind of like too. Unremittingly single player, no like oh, yeah. leaderboards or multiplayer. I mean, it's just single player experience. Uh, it's just unadulterated. Here's you in this building. We're not gonna mess with any networking code or there's no like cosmetic unlockables you can buy. Just conventional, traditional single player experience. I love that. Yeah, as far as I can tell, I looked at just a chapter name list. I'm like two or three from the end. Uh, okay, well, we'll yeah. So I'll be when we talk offline, I'll be curious to hear more about specifics that you guys feel yeah, about yeah. the story. So, real quick, what do you think of the the lead actress? What are your thoughts on uh, her? Her name is Courtney Hope. The character's name is Jesse Phelan. Uh, what are you guys' opinions on her? I think she does a pretty great job. She's uh, she's really cool. Yeah, I think uh, I, like the 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 little narratives that she's doing, uh, the little asides. It's uh, like that could have gone south really yes. easily. Like it could yeah. have really been terrible. It sounds yeah, it sounds uh, somewhat natural. So and and I think they they trust her a lot. And I think I, at first I was a little worried she was a little too lightweight. Um, but by the time the story's over, they just give her some really nice moments. Uh, she's, she's really committed. It's obviously a face capture performance as well. Uh, she, she really won me over by the time it was over. Yeah. So. Yeah. She's very likable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. You know what? It's not, it's exactly the opposite of like Alan Wake, like a rich, privileged white douchebag dude. Like Alan Wake has to win me over. He has to prove to me he's not a douchebag and he never did that. Yeah, I Uh, agree. I feel like with a protagonist like this, like this young, scared, confused woman who has something going on in her head that you don't quite understand, you can't not like her yet. She has to do something to make you not like her, and she never does that. Like I feel like it, it's it's her character to lose, and she hangs on to it, and she she pulls it through. She makes her sympathetic. Uh, yeah, I just – after Max Payne, who's a, a goofball, Alan Wake, who's a douchebag, I have no idea who was in Quantum Break – uh, but I really like Jesse Phelan as a as a protagonist. Yeah. Drive shaft. Yeah. Oh, drive shaft. <laughs> oh, their music. Nice. I miss that. Yeah. So did I trick you, McMaster? You thought I was going to know nothing about control. Well, I mean, I I had I had a suspicion when you kept you know, saying, "Oh no, wait! Oh, just wait!" You know, <laughs> but like. <laughs> but uh yeah no I, i'm surprised I, i'm, I'm uh, happy I, you played it because i, the thing I played I, it and i was like this is tom has to play this game. yeah i i booted up and i trusted you I, I booted up early in the week uh and i just was enamored of it the whole week like it's pretty much yeah. all i've played this week and i you know i got to the end last night specifically because i wanted to see you know how am i going to feel about this when it's over but there's still a lot of content that i want to go back through um so i am curious because of I blame Control for this. I'm curiously unexcited about Borderlands 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have some I mean, side missions still uh, to do in, in the oldest house. So, but, but Borderlands 3 has loot. That's true. There and is skills. a lot of loot. You fill a lot there's, of bars. There's a lot of bars, a lot of loot. All right, you've, okay, I'll, I'll take a quick look, but that's right. it. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe maybe five minutes or so. Exactly right. Yeah. I'll look at the intro and maybe pick a character, try a gun or two, and then I'm going to go finish up some side missions in Control. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that seems yeah. right. Yeah. Sounds well, good. I'm guessing dollars to donuts. We will be talking about Borderlands Three in the next <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> See how that turns maybe. out. So join us for that. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Jason McMaster and Nick Diamond, and we will see you in two weeks, maybe with Borderlands 3 Talk. Who knows? We'll talk to you guys then. Cheers. 